Thank you for tuning in to the Science Over Tradition podcast. I am here today with Melissa Arachi from Designs for Health. Melissa has probably the most extensive background I have ever run into when it comes to supplementation and is absolutely a lifeline for me when it comes to helping my clients optimize their health. A lot of times we're looking to bridge that gap between health and performance, get people feeling good, get them more energy and overall improve body composition. If that happens, it's usually going to be beneficial for the client and everything's going to fall into place. But uh, Melissa, can you just go into your background a little bit and, and tell us a, a little bit about your experience with Designs for Health and then also your private practice? Yeah, absolutely. And thanks so much for, for having me. I love our conversations. Um, going into sports nutrition, sports supplementation, it was actually a second career for me. Um, I started my career as a paramedic. Um, this is about 10 years ago in the region of Peel. I'm from Toronto, Canada. And uh, I worked for over three years as a paramedic and I really enjoyed the career, except I got to a point where I didn't want to continue to just put a band-aid on a solution that I know wasn't being resolved. And I wanted to become more a part of the preventative health picture and um, that really looked like getting into more nutrition education and um, sports nutrition my job as a paramedic and i uh, really started to develop my education on nutrition uh, i'm a fitness fanatic it's it's in my heart so of course i also did some personal training and i really quickly understood that my clients were not going to get the results that they really wanted that we really wanted if we didn't address lifestyle nutrition and in many cases nutrient optimization um, so right now I, I teach at the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition um, I do have a private practice where um, I work with clients predominantly online and uh, and then of course I work for designs for health so uh, my decision to work with designs for health mainly came out of the fact that it's an education-based company and that was really important to me. I guess that's what we're going to chat about today. There's a lot of misinformation out there when it comes to nutrition, nutrition for performance, and then definitely supplementation. And it's really my goal to be able to support my community of strength and conditioning coaches, um, especially the ones like yourself that are continuously developing themselves and growing and getting their clients really good results. Yeah, that's a great point. I think a lot of the stuff that I have now, I wish I had back in high school and just when I played, when I, when I was an athlete at some point in time, because I was totally unaware about the quality picture when it came to supplementation. And I probably spent a significant amount of money, especially early on in life, um, purchasing some supplements that had no backing. They definitely weren't evidence-based. They probably weren't good for me and uh, probably, potentially had a worse effect than a benefit on my overall health and well-being. So want to make sure that doesn't happen to any adults, any young people. And if we can kind of clear the air about what is and what isn't quality supplementation, I think it'll, it'll really help people in making better choices. And sometimes the, the supplements do cost extra money, so that becomes a factor. But in my opinion, the most expensive supplement or the most expensive medicine is the one that doesn't work. So if you're spending all that money and all that time going to these doctors, potentially 
that can be avoided if you take a proactive approach. And if you're using quality supplementation, you're going to be in a really good position to live a healthy lifestyle and avoid some of the pitfalls that we see are so common in North America right now. So I guess I've always said that you can't get what you need from a micronutrient standpoint from food alone. We all, for the most part, North America isn't lacking calories. That's not an issue. We're around the world and in most places, calories aren't the issue, but a deficiency in micronutrients are. So can you go into that a little bit when you're looking to help optimize somebody or I come to you with a question regarding supplementation? You know, what's the thought process on that and how can we help people just from a general standpoint? What should everybody be doing? Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, I'm Canadian. So um, Health Canada, our governing body, this is in 2012, they actually released um, information and we, we've known about this for many years now, uh, saying that food is not enough. And, you know, this is coming from a nutritionist where obviously food is my number one tool to help to rebalance and support the body. But I do understand that it, it really isn't going to get the results that we're looking for. And this is because, you know, unfortunately our soil quality, you could be eating phenomenal foods, really whole foods, a great diet, organic, um, you know, grass fed if, if you consume animal proteins, but the nutrients just aren't there to begin with. So, you know, that's issue number one. Issue number two is we live in a toxic world. So there is so much that we are combating uh, when it comes to environmental pollutants, um, toxins in our water, our air, the cosmetics and personal care products that we're using. And, you know, men are not immune to this. They're absolutely, you know, even the deodorant that you're using could be having an effect on, on your body's hormone uh, regulation. So there's so much that we are fighting against. Um, I do think that when it comes to supplementation, it is we have what's called biochemical individuality, and it really is a personalized approach that we need to take. Um, what should everyone doing, be doing? Everyone should be working to mitigate a lot of these negative um, situations in our environment, whether that be the toxins, uh, the poor sleep, the poor nutrition. And there's a lot that we can control. We can make better food choices. We can prioritize our sleep. Um, it's funny, I, I have a hierarchy of health that I discuss when I meet with clients. And this is one of the first things we talk about straight off the bat. And, um, and in most cases, you know, definitely from my, my health designs for health role is the first thing clients are coming to me looking for is, is a supplement to fix the problem. Um, in fact, the hierarchy of health looks a little bit different. The first thing is actually happiness, community, and your sense of purpose. That's king. That is 100% number one when it comes to someone trying to optimize their health. If you're not happy, um, if you don't have a community of people that you can count on and rely on and feel loved and supported, then you can't go anywhere. You know, then we're really looking at sleep and prioritizing it. And you can do that with good quality supplementation. But at the, at the root cause of all sleep disturbances is usually something else. Um, then of course, movement where, you know, that would be where I would recommend someone like yourself who is an absolute superstar when it comes to getting clients great results through programming, um, then supplementation. So, you know, when I say we live in a toxic world and we need to, we can't get what we need from food. I'm not saying pop a pill as a solution. 
take care of that hierarchy of health and understand that at the end of the day, you're also going to have to make a decision to start to optimize your body with those specific micro minerals, or in some cases, macronutrients that you're deficient in. That's such a great point because I think so many times I'll have clients who talk to me about supplementation first and it's kind of that pyramid, but inverted where the, the psychosocial or the mental health component isn't really addressed first, or if you're stressed out at work and you're not able to manage your time correctly, there's no supplement that can combat that. There, there are things that are going to help, but if you can't manage your time or help your organization or have a purpose in life, then you're probably going to be more stressed out. And those cortisol levels are tough to bring down. And it obviously has a cascade effect. You can't supplement that away. There are some things that need to be done on your own. And, and you have, really have to take a step back and look at the big picture, find out what's really valuable to you, and then go after that. Absolutely. And sometimes it does involve testing as well, right? So sometimes you don't really know what it is that you need. So I am a huge advocate of doing the necessary tests to find out, because to your point of the most expensive supplement is the one, you know, that you don't need or that doesn't do anything for you. A lot of our healthcare system is putting a blind eye and saying it could be this, it could be this and ruling things out. Um, what I really love about functional medicine and that prophylactic approach is let's actually test and see what's going on. What do you actually need? And the investment in a test saves you, you know, potentially years of having hypotheses and predictions of this could be what's going on, but actually not being in the right direction. Such a great point. And I think actually, one great book, the, the book that you would recommend it by Dr. Walsh, and it's slipping my name right, my head right now, the name of it, but that was a great example of how important the value of testing for certain micronutrient, number one, deficiencies are, but also looking at what you may have too much of. So if you are over-methylating for whatever reason, the problems are going to be addressed differently than somebody who has under-methylation. Yes. And if you do the wrong thing for a particular person, you could be getting into a very sticky area and it could actually be extremely detrimental to their overall health. So really, really important to consider testing before you dive deep into the supplementation because really you don't know what you're testing for and supplementation isn't about just bombarding them with everything possible. You heard that maybe Rishi is good. You heard, I, I don't know, all these different things. So far, there are so many things you could supplement with but I think it really comes down to attacking a localized problem, checking that box, making sure you're good based on quantitative data, and then progressing to the next thing, really doing it in a hierarchical manner so you can get the most impact on the client. With that being said, I think there are some supplements that everybody should be on. They're not good. The risk to um, reward ratio is you know, very low in terms of there's not going to, there's not going to be an issue based on taking this supplement. Can you right. go into some of those supplements? And what are, what are, I guess, your, your foundational five that you would recommend for anybody? Like if you're, you're looking at supplement, where do you start? Yeah, this is, this is a piece that I speak to really often. And I had some classifications of supplementation and the first place to start is a hundred percent, just building a strong foundation. There's, you know, the, everyone kind of uses the phrase, you have to build a solid foundation before you know you continue to build up. And it is very true. It's cliche, but it's true. Um, there are five products that I think anyone can benefit from. 
um, for, for many reasons. I can kind of go into some general overview, but first and foremost, you know, really starting with magnesium. Um, I, I really feel like when it comes to stress, um, we're inundated with all types of stress and we're very magnesium deficient. And I mean, we can do an entire podcast talking about all of the enzymatic reactions that magnesium is responsible for. So what I mean is, you know, vitamins and minerals, they don't do anything specifically for you. They cause enzyme reactions to happen. And those enzyme reactions are, that's the gold, right? So magnesium is, is one of those things that for the most part, we are all deficient in, in, in varying amounts. And when it comes to managing stress, that's a huge piece. Um, it's out of my scope. I mean, I'm not a psychotherapist, so I can support my client base through many really great outlets, meditation, breath work, you know, movement. But at the end of the day, you know, there might be a bigger picture there that I refer out to. But what I can do is I can recommend magnesium as a really great way to, you know, help to manage stress when it comes to muscle soreness, anxiety, mood, magnesium is related to, to all of these conditions. So mag would be one of, uh, one of my top foundational products. Uh, then I would go into an omega-3 uh, product or a fish oil. And, you know, this is because, and we've heard it, we talked about the standard Ameri American diet. It's a very pro-inflammatory diet. We're we're really eating a lot more of those omega-6s and those omega-6s, again, coming from conventional meat, from grains, um, from not so good oils. And we're not getting enough omega-3. You know, I don't know anybody who would say, you know, yeah, absolutely. I'll pass up that hamburger. Give me some of that, you know, wild caught salmon. Well, maybe we would, but, <laughs> um, you know, we, we have a ratio that's incredibly skewed. So an omega-3 product would definitely be another um, some people will say, oh, okay, so then next is probably a, a multivitamin. I actually don't recommend multivitamins. Um, and that might be a bit controversial and, and get me into some trouble because we have multivitamins at Designs for Health. And they, they are really great for someone who isn't eating the greatest diet, but they're, they're not giving you therapeutic amounts of the nutrients that you need. So I actually use a greens powder instead. Um, I would rather give you the vitamins that specifically the vitamins that you're deficient in and the amounts that you need versus a generic multi-mineral multivitamin that's going to give you some, some of, of what it is that you're lacking. I do like adding in a greens powder, however. Um, it's going to be a whole food product. It's easy when it comes to application. You can pop that in a smoothie or just drink it throughout the day. Bonus, you increase your water intake. Um, so greens powder number three. Uh, vitamin D as a North American, it's just, it's non-negotiable. We have fluorescent lighting, we're working indoors, uh, we're not getting enough sun exposure. Really cool research. Um, I believe it was California that it came out of. They, they studied a surfing population because they figured that they, of all people, would have optimal levels of vitamin D and still found huge deficiencies of vitamin D. So that says something, right? Um, so vitamin D 100%. I, I will preface that, get tested, find out your deficient, how, how deficient you are if, um, and don't mega dose if you don't need it. And uh, lastly would be a digestive enzyme. And uh, the reason that I would recommend a digestive enzyme is we, we don't practice mindful eating. 
we eat while we're scrolling through Instagram, we eat while we're multitasking, while we're trying to clean the kitchen and feed the kids at the same time. And very seldom, you know, digestion starts in the brain. Think Pavlov's dogs, they saw the food um, and then they became conditioned to associate food and they would salivate. So we're not producing, you know, amylase that digest carbs in our mouth. Um, we're eating rushed and you're not what you eat, you're what you digest. So I guess if, if I had to recap, it'd be, you know, magnesium, omega-3, greens powder as your whole food, multi-mineral, multivitamin, uh, vitamin D, and then uh, digestive enzymes. I love that point about the multivitamin. I never even thought about it like that. But if you do look at the dosages and the, the amount of vitamins you're getting on even the highest quality ones, like the Designs for Health one, it's going to be minuscule in terms of if you needed a therapeutic dose to actually make a difference in your, in your body and in your uh, life, it's not going to get you there. So really yeah, important. Don't get me wrong. Like if, if you want to take a multivitamin, take one. Like if you're, if you know you're not eating a quality diet and you just want to get a good baseline of nutrients, a multivitamin will do that for you a hundred percent. It actually can also supplement a good quality diet. So there's nothing wrong using a multivitamin, but if you're using a multivitamin because you're deficient in B vitamins, for instance, because of stress or for whatever reason, I would sooner you have a really good quality B complex and not rely on the small amounts of B vitamins in a multi. Absolutely. I've done that myself. Like I've used a multi for a long, long time, but I guess considering this, if you have all the boxes checked off and you're taking a few other supplements, it's probably getting you to that number, that adequate number anyway, and, and right. kind of finding out where, where you need to be. 100%. Awesome. So for your clients and, and when you're working with people, what are some common things that you're seeing that can be more easily addressed with quality supplementation? Are there any like fatigue, stomach issues? What are, what are some of the more common things that, that you're actually helping from a nutrition perspective alone rather, rather than going to a medical doctor who may not be uh, as proficient in nutrition they're going to see a high quality nutritionist and getting some really good information that could alleviate any visits to the doctor or be or proactively reduce that that amount. So what are some what are some common conditions that you're seeing right now that could be helped through through this supplementation? Yeah, so one of the most commonly prescribed pharmaceutical medications are PPIs, proton pump inhibitors. So um, an example would be like Zantac. Um, I'm sure that there are other names in the States. And what these medications do essentially is they're, you know, acid blockers or acid reducers, because it's very common, a common complaint to an average, you know, family doc or GP, um, that a patient is coming in complaining of indigestion, you know, heartburn or um, digestive upset. And that's, again, why they're prescribed as often as they are. Uh, this infuriates me because the... The problem is not that you are producing too much acid and that you need an acid blocking medication like a PPI to relieve you of those symptoms. In fact, that is exacerbating the problem. Um, majority of the people that I'm working you know, with, for several reasons, I'm always, always gonna start with digestion. Uh, it got drilled into our heads in school. You, know, you have to optimize digestion before you move on because I mean, the reality is our, our muscle tissue is built by amino acids. Every single cell in your body is lined you know, with fat that you need to digest. You need those micro minerals to have all those enzyme processes happen. So I think one of the areas that I, I have been helping with the most is really 
you know, clients that are coming in and they have gastric upset, they have gut issues, digestive issues. And um, the way that we tackle that is, is through a process, but it's really about bringing more awareness to mindful eating, removing and addressing food intolerances. Um, there's a lot of foods that can help to optimize digestion. And then of course, using a good quality digestive enzyme to get the most out of your food. Um, so that's something that's really common. Uh, another, you know, my, my demographic is uh, very, very much the same over and over. It's it's a female, 35 to 50, overweight, pre-perimenopause, kind of like with post, sorry, or perimenopause within that range. Um, and and it's you know I can't I can't lose weight. I had my last kid, and um, I just can't seem to lose the weight now, and I don't know what to do. And a lot of that has to do with things like insulin resistance, um, or you know, kind of to describe that easily, you, your body's ability to tolerate and metabolize the carbohydrates that you're eating. Um, that has a lot to do with how your hormones respond. That has a lot to do with fatigue, um, and from an aesthetic standpoint, a lot to do with someone who just has a really difficult time transforming their body. That is fixable <laughs> through food. Um, and good quality supplementation. And, and to be quite honest, it's in many situations, an easy fix, right? If you have the right person. So I would say those are two. Re really good point there, especially when it comes to digestion. A lot of the stuff that goes on from an immune system standpoint is going to start in the gut. And if your, your gut is off and your immune system is off, if your immune system is off, you're probably not going to be able to combat some of the viruses that, you know, get into your body as well you're also not going to be able to build muscle optimally and recovery is going to be kind of hit in a way that isn't going to allow you to be optimal. So our whole goal is to, to create a situation where the client not only is going to improve in their current state, but they're going to be to the, they're going to improve to the best version of themselves. So that's really what we're looking to do. I think another great point when it comes to digestive health, it's not like digestive enzymes are going to be great, but you could also just take the route of eating a little bit slower, taking your time to chew your food, and okay. fix the problem at the root rather than if you know you're a person who it's so common is just you know taking all that food down in a quick amount of time trying to eat within 10 minutes hey how much of that number one are you absorbing number two if you know you can't break it down why don't you just slow down or just set your day up in advance so that you have some time that's dedicated to, to proper eating and proper nutrient absorption that's going to be really beneficial but it's just so hard for some people and that they're in this sympathetic state all the time. Yes. Go, 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 go. And then when we get to training them, it's just more go, 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 go. There's not a lot of recovery built in and we're, we're kind of in this overdrive mode. No one prioritizes recovery. And I think that our society really encourages that sympathetic drive where we're prized when we're you know, burning the candle at both ends and working overtime and, oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And it's, it's outstanding how many clients come in and their sleep habits are so poor. And again, so here's another situation. I'm not sleeping properly. Give me a supplement to help me sleep. And can I give you one? A hundred percent I can. Am I fixing the problem or helping you? Absolutely not. And what we can work on is this, you know, maybe nutrient timing for some foods. And are you actually prioritizing sleep and do you have a sleep routine do you have sleep proper sleep hygiene you know and that's an easy fix where i, I don't know how many people i've seen that are that are on a, a sleeping medication a prescribed medication to really it's a sedative it doesn't help you sleep it just renders you unconscious right and the quality of that sleep isn't 
nearly as good as what you would get being off that medication with proper supplementation. And that's something that could easily be monitored using something like an aura ring or a Fitbit or so any, anything that tracks sleep, you could kind of see, yep, there you go. The aura ring. Uh, you can kind of see and evaluate what's working, what isn't working. Like, Hey, I got off of this sleep medication. I went on to magnesium and I actually improved my sleep score. So that, that's absolutely, absolutely critical. When it comes to digestion, we want to make sure that the end of it looks really good, right? So are there any stool evaluations that you do with your clients? Because that's a really good indication. If you can't afford uh, gut microbiome testing, or you just don't want to for whatever reason. What, what should they be looking at when it comes to their stool, the end product of overall digestion? Yeah. So, I mean, there are stool tests that are available. The scope of practice in, in Canada is a little bit different. Um, there's a, a great GI map test that when I was working in an integrative clinic, we, we worked with very often with our, our patient population. It got really great results and was able to tell us things that, you know, we would never have known otherwise. Um, but there's a lot you can do. Um, even just using a Bristol stool chart or, and this is what like a nutritionist or just an average layperson can do to see, okay, well, how well am I digesting my food? So there's certain, you know, visuals that you would look at. Uh, number one, you know, do you have undigested food in your stool? That's a huge uh, sign, right? And, you know, there's a reason why corn is so genetically modified and <laughs> most everyone is going to have, um, you know, some sort of corn or, or undigested food food in their stool if they're eating a food like that. Um, I first have my clients do a transit time test actually before we even look at stool. Um, the transit time test, you essentially will take a tablespoon of flax. I use golden flax, it's easier to see. Um, and you would just mark the date and the time that you take it. You just swallow the seeds in water, super easy. And then you, you wait and you wait until you have a bowel movement and you see them in your stool and you're gonna mark the time. And that's gonna tell me not how frequently you have a bowel movement because the first thing is, oh, well, I, you know, I wake up in the morning and I have a bowel movement after three cups of coffee. I laugh because obviously that's facilitated by caffeine, but um, we really want to see how long it takes from ingestion to elimination. Um, and that's going to show us, are you absorbing your nutrients? You know, is your transit time too quick? So is everything passing through your body and you're perhaps not absorbing what you should? Or is it sitting in your body too long and you, you know, your body was never meant to be this storage unit for waste, um, you're meant to eliminate it. So number one, we do that. Um, and then we're actually visualizing, yeah, is there undigested food? Is your stool floating? Um, you know, maybe it's a fat absorption issue, or sometimes you'll see a filmy, um, on, on the actual toilet, like on the water itself, a filmy kind of greasy. Um, and that would also be indicative of, you know, possibly some fat malabsorption. Um, so a, a lot of, you know, issues like that. And then of course, you know, is there blood, you know, and the like. Such a great point. So easy to do. Yet, how much of us actually take the time to look at our stool and do that evaluation? So no once in a while, <laughs> like, yeah, you, you don't want to look down and see what's going on. But hey, it can tell a really, really good story about what's going on in your body, and that can be a great indication as to how well your gut is is actually functioning. Absolutely. I think one other one that I've started to use. Well, I've used that, the, the stool chart evaluation, and people always think I'm crazy because why are you looking at the quality of my stool? But at the same time, if it's not good, then how are we going to allow for everything else, everything, all these other functions to work properly so that it can get good? 
Well, everyone likes to talk about detox. That's a sexy topic. Detox. I want to detox. Yep. And, and that is one of your main pathways for detoxification. And mm-hmm. if you think that the little rabbit poops and literally the hard little circle rabbit poops that you're having. And again, I say this because I work predominantly with females and you know, this could be indicative of possibly a thyroid issue, other issues as well. If you think that's normal, you know, you got another thing coming yeah. or it's, it's not normal to have, you know, loose stool on a regular basis. It's just something that you want to look at. So no, it's not, you know, the, the most comfortable topic, but yes, as nutritionists, we, uh, we talk about poop. Yeah. You, you basically read my mind cause that was going to be where I went next detoxification. And we look at our body body's ability to detoxify. You know, you're going to go through sweat, you're going to go through tears and then you're going to go through poop. And if you're not pooping, then you really got to look at what's going on inside the body. All those toxins that you're looking to excrete through all these fancy detoxification protocols are just being reabsorbed into the bloodstream. And you're wondering why you feel like crap. Yeah. And that's really why a lot of people on a, you know, detox or a juice cleanse, I love those, they end up, they're miserable and they feel like crap the entire time. And then they actually, you know, perhaps they've lost some weight because they've been in a hypocaloric state. So they lose a little bit of weight after the detox, they gain it all back because our body holds on to toxins in fat. It's a protective mechanism. So if you aren't detoxifying, your body has one job. It's very simple. It just wants to keep you alive. Um, And if you've lost fat, but you haven't prioritized your detox pathways, you're not going to the bathroom regularly. And that's not just once per day, you will gain that weight back. Absolutely. Hey, so this just this call, sorry, it just says that there's under a minute left because we still yeah. exceeded the time. So can I just call you back? I'll send you a new link. Absolutely. All right, I'll call you in a second. Yeah, no problem.